For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening and that means leading the line from the front around the captain's armband is Carl. So Carl, how have you been since we spoke a week ago? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Dan. You know, um, struggled after Thursday. Um, you know, a few nerves kicked in when, you know, rumours of Hugo not playing. But then after yesterday, the world's always a better place after a North London derby win, isn't it? So we're riding high, mate. Absolutely. Yes, it's fair to say it was a couple of shaky days in the build-up. But we're over that precipice now. We're on to the next week and it's all good. And also joining us this week, of course, is James. James, how are you, mate? Yeah, as Carl says, Monday mornings are always uh, a lot easier after we beat that lot. So, absolutely buzzing with that, guys. And, uh, and yeah, still top of the league. So, really great. And also making his return to the show tonight and hopefully bringing that energy is Patrick. Patrick, talk to me. How are you doing? Energy! <laughs> I'm brilliant, man. I'm brilliant. I'm on top of the world. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I feel great. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's do this indeed. Before we do it, though, let's do the social media bits so we can dissect the last week and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Cover New Spurs app where the podcast is available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at CYS underscore COM and we're on all the major audio platforms. That's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. If we're not on one, let us know. We'll get it on there and then we'll all be happy. Right, let's get down to business. That business, Cole, is a 2-0 win over that lot down the road. And if the win over Man City a couple of weeks ago was just deploying a game plan, the two positive performances that have followed since suggest there's now much more of a system in place. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think we can clearly see, can't we, that you know when Jose thinks we're coming up a team that could possibly cause us problems, um, we're going to go a certain way that I think we guarantee potentially we're going to be solid defensively and we're going to look to use those sort of attacking threats that we've got, which is pace, you know, using Kane's intelligence um, and then hopefully put those two things in the mix and more likely you'll come out with a result. We said, didn't we, last week that it was important to go to Chelsea and not lose. And I think Jose has clearly got that mantra there in his own mind, which is, listen, if we come up against one of these big boys, we just must not lose the game. Um, And if we do that, then the chances are we'll be in with a shout. And, you know, a few weeks ago we discussed, you know, is it too early to start crowing about being top of the league? Um, You know, it's early days. Can this keep going? I think this period of games we knew was our crunch. And I think we've come out of these fixtures at the moment saying, well, listen, I think now, you know, before we was unsure where we stood, Um, you know, we were all thinking it could all crumble after the first game against City. But I think what we've seen is that mentally we look really strong and you kind of start to get the feeling that, hey, listen, if we can do this and put those sort of performances in against the big sides, then it just don't know. We might actually be in with a shout of a title push this season. Well, this is it, James, because a lot of people are saying, OK, let's see where Tottenham are at when they are up against the big test. We've had three big tests in three weeks. Of those modules, we've got seven points from nine. I wouldn't go as far... Actually, no, maybe you could say pass with flying colours. The only slight blip was not beating Chelsea, but then we never really expected to beat Chelsea. So on the evidence of those three matches, how confident are you now as a supporter of the club? And is that confidence 
being converted into a genuine title tilt? Yeah, I think for the first time, I, I am pretty confident. I've, I've always been relatively pessimistic about Spurs' chances. You know, I've, I've called us bottlers quite a lot of times on this pod. But I, I, I think with the performances we're putting in, they're, they're just such mature performances that I think, you know, maybe some point soon we can can dare to dream. Um, we always said, like you say, that the big test was going to be up against the big clubs. Um, weirdly for me, I feel slightly more confident coming, coming up against the big clubs because I know that they're going to be easier to break down. Um, I think the, the, the smaller clubs and the, the teams like, you know, your Burnley, your West Brom, those games were just as big tests. Uh, and, 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 you know, we, we passed them as well. So I, I think this could, this could be our season. You know, it's time to start getting a little bit optimistic because optimism breeds optimism. So, if, you know, maybe if we're optimistic as a fan base, it might, it might integrate itself into the squad. So I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to stick my neck out there and say that we can start getting excited sometime soon. I like to hear it. So, Patrick, football of this kind that we've seen over the past three weeks, and even in those wins over Burnley West Brom, it's going to garner a lot of debate. Some of it internal from the supporters of the, the club and a lot externally. But when you're winning, and especially when you're winning on top of the league, do you just need to ignore the how and just enjoy the now? Exactly that. And to be fair, I'm enjoying the football. I can't lie. I'm enjoying these solid yeah, defensive performances. Um, we've never looked like conceding against three of the so-called big six over the last three weeks. Don't forget, even though we didn't beat Chelsea, we kept a clean sheet. And they didn't really look like scoring either. So the fact that we're now solid defensively and we know we can score goals, I think we're the second or third highest scoring team in the league. I'm really enjoying our style of play. Yes, we might not have the ball and pass it from side to side and dominate possession, but we look very lethal and dangerous every time we get the ball. So, to be fair, I'm enjoying it. Jose's definitely installed some confidence and not even confidence, really just that determination and grit that we haven't seen in our team in a while. And we're dangerous and everyone knows that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And I, there's a lot of naysayers, with, you know, negative comments, even... I was really uh, annoyed with Jamie Redknapp's uh, breakdown after the game. He didn't really give us credit. He kept talking on behalf of, oh, the Tottenham fans aren't going to like this. And I'm like, I'm a Tottenham fan and all the fans I know, we're enjoying the moment. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy and, uh, you know, I don't have anything negative to say at the moment, to be fair. Well, you mentioned Redknapp. That brings me on to my next point very nicely. So, Cole, are we at a point now where Sky Sports are using the only fuel for their debate is the fact that they're looking at a lack of possession or shots on goal as a point of criticism. But when you think, is that all you've got? There's a sense they don't really have a point at all. Yeah, and, and to be fair, you know, I think Simon Jordan, I think, put a tweet out after the, you know, Sunday night, didn't he, um, with Sky Sports, where, you know, like as you say, you've got Graham Souness, Jamie Redknapp, all their pundits basically giving it the big and about, oh, this is negative, this is boring, you know, players only do it if you're winning and, you know, once a few results go against you, that's it. The players all turn. And as he rightly said, you know, if they felt that way, when they had the chance to interview Jose Mourinho, why didn't they question him on that and get his view on it? But they kind of all bottled, bottled it when it comes to the interview after the game. And, you know, Redknapp is, is one of those who does like to give it the Billy Biggin and then actually put on the stall and says, well, go on and make your, make your point here to the main guy. He doesn't want to. Um, as you say, they're looking, they're just constantly looking for the negatives. Um, and, Sometimes you have to sometimes sit there and say, listen, yeah, OK, yes, we will all agree. You know, if you want to see if you, we've all got ideals that we'd love to play like the Bar prime Barcelona football where you have the ball basically for the majority of the 90 minutes, carve teams open at will. 
But that's not going to work like that. We're not going to play like that. Jose isn't that sort of manager. Um, you know, he does want to potentially be tight. And I think one of the things we all criticised after his, you know, I would say maybe first three or so months in the job was everyone was sort of saying, I thought Jose was meant to come in and make you defensively solid. And we were all saying we hadn't seen it. We were still conceding sloppy goals week in, week out. Well, now we're not. You know, Jose has made us defensively solid. He's relying on that quick counter and that quick break. Sometimes you do have to give some credit for that. And these guys should be sitting there saying, listen, Tottenham are luring teams into the trap, which is let them come on to you. Let them think they're in control. They'll commit too many men forward. And when they do, you can hit them on the break. Now, once you get a goal or two goals up, you don't then need to go and break the bank, dear. You know, the bottom line is, well, we're comfortable now. You've now got a false issue. You've got to come on to us. And we're going to be that good defensively and cover all the runs and close spaces down and shut passing lanes off. You won't be able to do it. We've done our job. You now need to try and do your job. And I think, yeah, we're not getting, he's not getting the credit that those big performances recently deserve. Um, and especially when you consider where we've come from, you know, I don't think anyone expected us to be top of the table at the moment. So I think a lot of credit um, goes to Joe saying in the, the backroom team. And it is about time some of these pundits do kind of at least say it takes a lot of work to get a side to be that good defensively. So there is some credit in it. You take Leicester in 2016, a similar counter-attacking approach, and everyone was lawing it up, weren't they, the pundits? They were in love with it. It's not a million miles away from what we're doing in terms of the counter-attack, and it's all negative, and it's a bad thing. So, James, if we take Jamie Redknapp's comments on Sunday, he said that he doesn't know how a player like Lo Celso, at one point he called him Sissoko, but you know, that's by the by, how he can enjoy playing in a team in his current role. Now, I think that's nonsense, because if he's buying into it and playing as well as he is, he's not you know 10 out of 10, but he's playing decent, that says to me that he is buying into it, and it might not be the role that he expected to play when he signed for the club, but he's not down in tools, is he? Absolutely not. And and he can't be unhappy because we're winning these games. Exactly. You know, there's no one's no one's unhappy watching Tottenham at the moment. And also, you know, all this talk about negative football and all this talk about how boring we are to watch. I know you guys said it earlier, but I'm actually really enjoying watching us play football at the moment. I've I've I to me there's there's more to football than just people sticking the ball in the goal. And you know, watching us move as a defensive unit, watching people like Hoybjerg playing as well as he's playing, it, it, I'll get a real kick out of it. And I, I think that it, it's it's making me love Tottenham more than ever because we're we're playing football, not like headless chickens and trying to trying to score every every two minutes or trying to trying to win the game in the first you know in the first minute. We're we're actually playing like a tactical unit, and and you know at the end of the day we're getting the results, we're winning the games, and we're the fans who get to go into work on a Monday morning with a big smile on our faces, because we've we've won another game. So I, I don't buy into the to the comments that we're that we're playing ugly football anyway. I think that you know what what should we do? Should we just let teams score just for the you know for the for the the neutrals to enjoy the game a bit more? I think it's it's an absolutely ridiculous argument. And going back to Lo Celso, I think yeah maybe he's not playing in that in that number ten role, and he's got not got runners running in behind every every two minutes that he can pick out. But but he's getting plenty of the ball. He's you know he's getting plenty of game time, and and I think he's he's fulfilling a, a completely different role on the pitch. Uh, and you know at, at the end of the day, he's 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 a pretty combative midfielder anyway. He likes to get stuck in, and I think he he's actually enjoying his football probably more than ever because he's part of a winning side. 
He knows exactly what his job is on the pitch. He's, he's playing with some world-class footballers. And, and as I say, he's winning football matches. So I think that that's that's what we want to keep doing. And, and if and if Celso isn't enjoying it, then then he hasn't got a place in the squad. But I, I don't buy into the fact that he's not at all. That's just that's just comments. Like you say, we're, we're the unfashionable team. Uh, you know, Sky don't like us. And, and that's absolutely fine by me. So, Patrick, going back to your enjoyment, for me, I don't know if it's something similar for you, but in the sense that if you were winning every week 4-5-0, there would be a point at, at one juncture where it would start to get a bit boring. The expectation would be you turn up, you roll them over, you win. At the moment, is that enjoyment factor coming from the fact that everything is not hard-earned or a massive scrap, but you can see a system in place that is being played to the absolute nth degree and working all the time. And it's the fact that football is such a low-scoring game and the tension that comes with that and there's not many goals, the sort of that grinding element and the reward that then comes with it is the thing that derives so much pleasure. Yeah, exactly that. And to be fair, one of my elements or something I'm really enjoying is Jose's brought out the best of players that we all thought were finished. Yeah. Eric Dyer, for example, everyone wrote off to Eric. I say everyone, not all Spurs fans, but a lot of people said Eric Dyer was done. He's not a centre back. We need someone else. Uh Aurier, look at look how good Serge Aurier has been this year. He's probably been one of the league's best right backs. Like when he's got the ball now, I feel comfortable. When players are going one on one with him or you know he's covering, I feel comfortable. I didn't feel like that before. Suzoko looks like a different player as well now. Obviously, Hoiberg's come in and we can see how good he is. He's bossing games and getting man of the match displays for being just that combative, you know, uh energy, like, you know, just always busy uh, getting the ball and just distributing it. I'm seeing, I mean, Harry Kane has, has been the best that he's ever been. Son looks lethal and dangerous. I'm seeing all of these players have added new elements or bits to their game. And that's because of Jose and the system that we've got. So, I mean, again, even Hugo Lloris, somebody that we all thought maybe had seen better days. Look how good he looks now. So the fact that I'm seeing all of this plus solid defensive, like we're, we're defending as a team and as a unit. And then on the counter, we're as dangerous as anyone. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's lots to enjoy it, for, for my opinion, and um, yeah, I'm really happy with what's going on. So, Carl, let's talk about that counter now. When you see that first goal, Human Song, as soon as it leaves his foot, did you get a sense this is going to be something special? <laughs> my first reaction was, "Was he shooting?" For <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, uh, you know, I was sitting there thinking, you know, run at them, just keep running at them because you're scaring them, um, but. You know, I tell you now. Once you once you see that goal, that that is just pure class, isn't it? You know, it, it's a it's a guy who is you know brimming with confidence and isn't as scared to take something like that on. Um, I mean, that is just one of them goals that you can watch time and time again. And each time you watch it, you just go, you still sort of go. Oh, yeah, look at it, though. You know, the goalkeeper's got no chance. It's in the corner. It's perfect. You know, it's not hit too hard. You know, I think they, you know, the only thing Jamie Redknapp did give him some credit for was the way he struck the shot and the fact that he hasn't gone with too much power. He's placed it. Um, and that is just one of them special goals. You know, Son is capable of that. I remember him scoring a great goal against West Ham at Wembley um, where, you know, outside the box, um, a screamer in the top corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and you just have to sit back and admire and go, there's nothing any team can do about that. You know, I don't think the goalkeeper's expecting him to shoot from where he is. I think he's expecting him to come running at them. The defenders are not expecting it. And yeah, you just have to sit back and, and, and not be funny. That's the sort of goal that even if it's scored against you, 
you have to applaud and just say, well, yeah, look, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. You know, that is just pure class. And, and that is what that guy can do. And long may it continue for us, I tell you. Yeah, I think it's one of those goals which is just really visually pleasing. The, the way it just goes in and nestles into the net, you think, yes, that's why I watch so much football. But James, special was mentioned in Cole's answer. So it was a goal worthy of winning any North London derby. It put us ahead. Now, with Sun scoring his 10th of the season, a lot of people have made the, the link that that's as many goals as Arsenal for the whole season. I want to focus on Sun himself. Last season, he scored 11. He's now on 10 for this season. He's already, well, nearly matched what he's going to do last time around. So, we talk about improvement with players. It's quite apparent with Sun already, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's, he's benefiting from, from the change of system. Um, Harry Kane's change of role... You know, I, I think the whole team is benefiting from from these two being in absolute amazing form, and the fact that that Son has, has almost taken on being being our you know our main threat in front of goal. Um, when Harry drops a bit deeper, then you know there's only one player on the pitch that that he wa- he wants to get the ball to, and that's Sonny. So, I think the fact that we've got two players who seem to be so switched on and just on the same level, it, it's so important, and and you know it's absolutely vital to the way that we're going to play because if if we are going to get have have few chances in a game, then we need two players who are going to be able to finish the chances that are in front of them, and 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 Sonny and Kane are the, are the perfect duo in terms of that, and I think they're going to break records this season, uh, and one of them surely will be lifting the golden boot. So you know, let's let's just enjoy watching these two play because it's it's been so long since we've had, you know, players of that level playing together. You know, maybe we've relied on on individuals. Um, in in years gone by, we've had obviously we've had Bale, we've had Modric, we've had Berbatov, but to have two players playing in the prime of their careers, just like these guys, I think you know it's it's a real privilege to watch, and, and long may it continue. So Patrick, I think the key word in all of this is clinical, a word that Sun said himself in the post-match interview. Because when you're that clinical and not having a lot of the ball, you can still dictate the terms for the rest of the game, can't you? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, you know, when when the ball falls to Son or Kane. You're not, you're confident, aren't you? You know, like when um when when we were through for the counter just before half time, and then Son reversed it into Kane. I knew he was going to score. We're just, you, you, they've got that much quality, and and at the moment they're oozing with confidence, and these guys know how to finish. So yeah, we can we can score those goals, and then we can dictate the game, even if we don't have the ball. The way we're set up, the way we're defending, we're literally controlling. They're passing side to side. And, and then they're not getting through, so they're resulting in crossing the ball, you know, a million times, but not really doing anything. And they're not hurting us. And then again, if, we, if we're if we active and alive on the counter, we can then pick them off. So we're, we're dictating the game without the ball. And Jose said a brilliant uh, quote, I think it was against Man City, when Pep Guardiola complained about, you know, we had all the ball we did. Jose said, well, let him go away with the match ball. I'll, go, I'll take home the three points. And it just that's the mentality and attitude that we've, We've got at the moment, and I love to see it. So, Cole, in terms of terms, they become even stronger just before the break. The deadly duo swap roles, and although there was slight fortune in party saying, do you know what, that's enough, at completely the wrong time, you've still got to give a huge amount of credit to Kane for such an insightful finish, and one, again, that just looks good as it smashes in off the bar. Yeah, I have to admit, you know, when, when he first hit it in real time, you kind of wondered what had gone on because you never really saw it clearly yeah, bouncing it was... down over the line. So I have to admit, in real time, I thought he might have hit the bar and missed it. 
Um, and then obviously in the replays, you actually see that, you know, it's well over the line as soon as he's hit it. Uh, and there was no goalkeeper getting a hand to it. And as Patrick said, you've, you'd have been surprised if Kane had missed it because from that sort of distance, either foot, the guy is just deadly and, and you kind of do feel confident he's going to score. Um, and that was, again, another example, wasn't it, of sucking a team in. You know, Arsenal had got us. They obviously thought, oh, this is it, we're in here. Um, you've seen from the Arsenal TV stuff, you know, <laughs> that's been there. They thought they were about to score a goal. And all of a sudden, you know, within the space of a minute, <laughs> they're, they're picking the ball out of their own net, um, losing it, storming off, and <laughs> heart attacks and meltdowns. Um, but that is what this sort of football can do and, and how you can break that incisingly. Uh, and that's the kind of football that we're trying to play, isn't it? You know, come on to us. We'll let you come. We'll let you think you're in control. Suddenly, bang, two passes later, we're in your box. We've scored a second goal. The game is done because at that point, you know, 2-0 just on the stroke of half time. I never felt in any danger at that point that we were then going to go and lose that game or even draw that game. You felt that's it. That's the winner. Um, because the way we're playing, you can't see Arsenal breaking us down twice. Um, and, and the guy is just clinical. And those two at the moment, as we say, you know, when you're going to play that way, you need some clinical players up top. And we've got them. Um, and, you know, the hope is that we've got a third who's trying to sort of gear himself up at the moment, who can come in at some point and have a positive impact as well. So attacking wise, I think, as Patrick said, we're as good as anybody in this league. Um, and we've got the two players who I think Kane is actually the best player in the world right now. This given this season, if you said pick a player who's probably been the best player in the world, I don't think you can look further than Kane at the moment. So, James, we'll give Kane credit on this show until the cows come home. There's no doubt about that. But the backlash of Kane and how he could seriously injure someone with his backing in, he starts to get a bit louder, almost a bit too loud. So where do you stand on this? Is it once again a case of working down the list, trying to get any mud that sticks on him and failing once again? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's jealousy more than anything else. I think if Harry Kane played for any other club in, in the world, um, the, the fans of that club would adore him as much as we love him. So... I think people are literally just clutching at straws, something to, to criticise him for. That He's doing something that centre-forwards, and not even centre-forwards, footballers have, have done for, for years, and that is you know, just standing your ground. And if, and if that means backing into someone slightly to, to win the foul, then, then it's got to be done. And it, I think it's clever for, from him, really. I think it's, if he, he can either jump for the ball, which he knows he's going to lose, or he can, or he can manoeuvre his body in such a way that that means they, you know, they either lose the header or, or we win a foul. So I, I think it's just clever play from Kane. It's, it's, it's if someone gets injured, then I think it will be due to the way that they land rather than rather than what Kane is actually doing. So I, I can't see any problem with it. I think he's just he's just being clever with his body, which is something that that players have done all over the pitch. You know, if if someone takes the ball to the corner flag and they're and they're shielding the ball with you know with their back, then. Are they doing something different? No, it's completely the same. And I think fans are literally just clutching at straws to, to try and criticise Harry Kane. Well, if you think, if it was a foul, then more often than not, a referee would give it. Now, you're either saying that it's not a foul or the referees are just totally inept. Now, we know referees are bad, but to miss that every time and not award it as a foul would suggest that, you know, that's not the truth. So really, it's just, as you say, James, clutching at straws. But Patrick, in terms of Kane, if there was ever a goal at the perfect time, it was his strike. And one that, when you double the advantage against such a well, weak Arsenal team, let's be honest, it suggests that the first half was the period where the game was won, but the second half 
was when that win was earned. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that goal on a stroke of half time, it just deflated them. They were, like you said, we were 1 0 up, they were coming on to us. And then, boom, within five or six seconds, it was 2-0. And they kind of knew, with the way that we're playing and how defensively solid we are, you could already see it. There's, like, their shoulders dropped and they thought, this game's done. Because even though um, when Partey came off and they brought on Ceballos, they looked a bit more... They had a bit more to them, but I never at once thought, oh, my God, we're under really real pressure or, you know, our backs are to the wall. I never felt like that. So I think that second goal just killed them because they knew it would take, like you said earlier, take a lot for them to score two goals and then without us, um, you know, scoring again. So, yeah, perfect goal at the perfect time. And then we just did what we, you know, have been doing recently, solid defensively, and it was game over. Well, you mentioned Ceballos, and you're right, that there was more urgency from Arsenal, but it was possession for possession's sake, going across the width of the pitch, no ball really sort of testing Tottenham, you know, into the striker's feet and allowing him to turn. So you can you can deal with that quite easily. And I think that their setup was well, it wasn't really wrong, but they just haven't got the personnel to hurt us. And when you're looking at someone like Aubameyang or Lacazette at the moment, who are never really aerial threats, they had one cross from Tierney, which was really good. You'd have to hold your hands up. And Aubameyang was perhaps unfortunate to head it over. But you're dealing with that all day long, really. And it was just, you know... Unlike Tottenham in the past, but a pleasure to watch all the same. So, let's move on to some listeners' questions now. Thanks to everyone who sent them in. So, let's start with Nigel Johnson and Cole. He says that we played lovely football under Poch and we don't win anything. And the media then call us bottlers. We're playing economic football now and we're top of the league and the media still pay us no credit. So, do we care or is it an agenda for the darlings at Anfield, as he says, to win it again? I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, we, we've said for a little while, haven't we, you know, when when it was between us and Leicester, you know, everyone was basically begging every team that played Leicester to roll over and let them win the league. Um, you know, there does seem to be, you know, a, a Liverpool bias there. Um, and we don't seem to be the favourites of Sky. You know, they do look for every little angle. You know, I remember when Potch was in control um, one game. I, I can't remember who we played, but Gary Neville and Martin Tyler just would not stop talking about Potch going to Man United for 90 minutes. And you're thinking, yeah, you just commentate on the game properly. You know, forget all this right now. Um, I think we just have to actually accept it and actually be pleased about it because it kind of shows, doesn't it, that there there is a kind of envy there on us, I think, where, as you say, they're trying to unsettle us. They're trying to play mind games, I think, you know, and try and see if what anything they can say can get under Jose's skin. Um, but I think you're playing with the sort of mind game, you know, Jedi in Jose. You know, he's not going to buy it or fall for anything. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm quite happy for him to keep slagging us off, um, do what they're doing, because in my opinion, all it can be doing is is giving your next team talk for you as such, just to say, well, look, yeah, this is what these guys think of you. Go and prove them wrong. And like, as we've all said tonight many times, I couldn't really give a monkeys, to be honest. If we keep winning 1-0 and Jamie Redknapp's unhappy, who gives a flying, <laughs> you know, as long as we're top of the league, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> so, James, I've got a question from It's John Stokes here, and he asks, is it just me, that's what he says, or are other fans thinking the same? Why is it taking a long time for him to get into the Jose style of play? He's not knocking it, of course, we're top of the league, but is there still a... I don't know, a selling point that needs to be made, a case to be made for such a system? Uh, not really. <laughs> no? No, I mean, I, personally, I, I think it's what, it all depends on what you, you tune in to watch football for. Yeah. I think if, you, if, you, if you're a highlights watcher, you want to see, you know, four or five goals a game, 
then then fair enough. But I don't I, I, I don't know many people like that. Would you rather watch uh, an entertaining game of football with with maybe less goals in which your your team wins? And and I'll, I'll go back to the point I made earlier. I'm I'm perfectly entertained watching this this kind of football because I think you know we can we can take a leaf out of the Hoiberg book and and celebrate things like clearances and tackles as much as we can as much as we can celebrate goals and that they are proving to be just as important. So you know I I enjoy watching this Tottenham t- team play at the moment because it is it's it is like clockwork. Everyone knows what they're doing and. And I, I think it's a real spectacle to behold because it's rare that you come across a team where, from one to eleven, everyone on the park knows that knows what their role is, and they they execute it perfectly. And that's what exactly what we did at the weekend. Every every single player did their job, and and we won the game relatively easily. So I, I don't buy into this. You know, to to win the league, you need to be uh, a Man City hundred you know hundred points, win win every game by three or four goals. Um, because arguably then that would be that would be less entertaining. You know, this is probably a more entertaining way to win the Premier League because we're grafting every single game. Um, so I, you know, I, I completely disagree. If, if it's taken you a long time to buy into Mourinho when we're sitting top of the table and, and have taken you know points off almost all of the, the 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 top teams in the Premier League, then I think the problem's with you rather than the the problem being with uh, being with Jose Mourinho and Tottenham Hotspur. Okay, Patrick, so here's one from someone called the Impartial Football Fan. They say, can you ask the guys if Jose can forget his defensive tactics when we come up against the side we should be controlling? So let's take, I don't know, Palace at the weekend. Should we be looking (laughs) to sit back and hit? I don't believe we will sit back against Palace. I think we'll take the game to them. But we're also, I think with this team, we're we're more than smart enough to read the game and play it. You know, we're we're set up and make sure we're, you know, tactically... Uh, able to to basically counter their not counter sorry nullify their threats as in that's Will Sahar, uh, Eze, Benteke, whoever we feel are their goal threats. But we'll have more than enough going forward, so we'll be smart enough to adapt to the game. I think we'll take the game to them, and then once we score a couple of goals, I think then we'll set up shop and uh, and be defensively solid. So I don't believe we'll sit back because we haven't really sat back against the uh, you know dare I say lesser teams. So I'm not sure what that. Comment where that where the angle for that comment is. Um, I think people need to stop listening to the media and actually watch the games and actually watch what we're doing. We're like I said, I think we're the second or third highest goal scorers in the league. We kept the most defensive clean sheets. We've only allowed nine goals in eleven games, so it's clear to see what we're doing. If you step away from the the narrative of the media and actually watch us, we are scoring goals. We are taking it to teams. We scored six against Man City, five against Southampton. So I'm not sure where this where it's coming from but hey so Carl one more and it's from our good friend Matthew Baldwin so he asks how much do you reckon the firework budget be when Spurs win the league and how much will it knock into next season's transfer budget oh I think we should set up a GoFundMe page now to be honest so I'll be sticking 50 quid in straight away you know and I think every fan every Spurs fan across the world would happily donate to that and we'd just get the longest you know loudest firework display going to be honest um yeah, you know, listen, you know, if, if it was to happen, um, I don't think Tottenham High Road would be a quiet place for at least, or say, a month. Um, and I'm more happy than that. You know, I'll be there every night with my own fireworks as well. Right, James, let's stick with the win over Arsenal. And I guess we really do have to make a case of the defence because we've not conceded a league goal in over 300 minutes. 
How much of a coincidence is the fact that Davinson Sanchez has not been near the team? I think you have to you have to look at the performance of the two who, who are there rather than the ones who aren't because I think the you know Old Viral and uh, and Dyer have been absolutely brilliant, and it, and it's not just the two of them. You know we all know how 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 much of an important role Hoiberg's been playing, Sissoko too, and and how well that Aurier has done and, and Reguilon since since they've they've come in. So. You know, I think Sanchez, I think the writing's on the wall a little bit. You know, the, the chances that he's had in midweek, um, he hasn't really shown any kind of promise. We're still conceding goals in the Europa League and we're not conceding goals in the Premier League. So, you know, that there, there must be something wrong there. Um, I think he maybe just doesn't quite fit the, the defensive mould that, that Jose is, is, trying to, is trying to put in place. You know, he, he tends to kind of rush out of defence and that naturally just leaves gaps in behind. So I, I feel like he, he might be done. Uh, his time at Spurs might be over. You know, I, I was I was a big fan of his until the start of the season and the too many mistakes crept in. And then you've got the emergence of, of two, two centre-backs who, who have, have made absolutely, haven't even put a foot wrong over the last couple of games. So... You know, I dare say that, that Toby and Eric have, have probably got a mistake in them at some point and, and Serge Aurier is still Serge Aurier at the end of the day. So we're not going to get ahead of, ahead of ourselves and say that they're you know reincarnation of Maldini. But I think in terms of Sanchez, he's probably not on the same level as those guys. He It doesn't seem like he's got the ability to, to alter his game in the same way that those guys have. And so therefore, I think we, we are probably best off cashing in on Sanchez while he's still got some value to 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 another team. Patrick, when we look at yesterday's win and the way the back line was marshalled, it was perfect execution. So it means you can invite pressure knowing that there's so much confidence in your own ability and the fact that everyone's going to dig in and utilise the system as it should be, that it doesn't really matter how much of a threat you take. Wave after wave, bring it on. Yeah, exactly that. And I think we've all alluded to it earlier, you know, when we've been talking about different points. We are, you know, defensively, we're set up really well at the moment. It's not just a back four that are working. Um, you know, it's a back five, a back six. Everyone's sticking in. We're seeing Harry Kane with defensive clearances and headers. We're all buying into the system. And uh, we're seeing that it's getting the results. We're keeping clean sheets. Everyone's proud of it. We're all, like, you know, like... Um, celebrating tackles and clearances and yes it's lovely to see so um it's it's yes it's one for 11 working for the team to keep the guys out uh putting those blocks and clearances and even i think there was a moment where um abamyang was in for the first time and the way toby marshaled him to the he basically you know cut off the angle and then literally as abamyang took the shot it was like a fantastic sliding block slash you know clearance that just shows how you know everyone's on the same wavelength and just you know do or die for the team right now Carl what did you make of the change of shape in the second half they were getting a bit of joy down the wings you know again not really sort of panic stations but more of that threat that was just stretching us so the fact that Ben Davis came on shored things up it just sort of then thought okay actually we're now eating into the seconds and the wind's edging ever closer yeah again that that is doing what you've got to do isn't it as you say you know i have to say it, even though it pains me to say it but i felt tierney was brilliant yeah. for them yesterday you know he really was a fawn in our side um and someone who you know in all honesty if you know if we wasn't to be able to keep regulon and he looks a decent player that you'd think, well, I'd go for him as, as my left back because he looked good going forward, looked really quick. Um, so he was a problem and he, and he was causing us some issues down that side. Um, but 
Jose is very clever, isn't he? You know, like as you say, when we could see the game was kind of drifting, you know, you can see that, okay, Son might have just kind of, you know, might be the time just to bring him off and rest him. Jose is not going to suddenly bring on Vinicius and Bow at that stage thinking, okay, maybe if we attack more, it'll help us defend better. He is just now thinking, right, what options have I got here where you think we had a wall up before? I'll show you what a wall really is. And we just bring on a couple more players who just sit deep again. There's nothing fancy about them. When they need to stick their boot in, they will. They'll just get rid of it nice and simple. And again, it's just clever management, isn't it? You know, And it's what we've been crying out for for years sometimes, isn't it? When people say it's that dark arts and just doing what you need to to get it over the line. Um, and I think we, you know, we are lucky in the fact that we've got a manager who seems to be one of the best at doing that and knowing when to change systems and just to shore it up even more than it was already. So you can't moan. It, it was, you know, them subs managed to keep the sheet clean, um, and that's what it's all about. Well, James, another reason why the sheet was clean was Hugo Lloris. He was on hand to make a save from Lacazette in the second half. So how big a boost was that inclusion in the team? Because of all the talk of absence over the weekend, everyone thinking, oh God, here we go. Especially after Joe Hart's shaky showing days before. So was this the Mourinho mind games simply being on show? I think if it was mind games, it was absolutely perfect because he was, Jose was living in my head absolutely <laughs> Uh, having seen Joe Hart's performance on Thursday, I think everyone who was was slightly confident for the North London Derby's confidence absolutely plummeted. Uh, and then all of a sudden, when it was announced that Hugo was fit to play again, that confidence went back through the roof. So, you know, if it was mind games, amazing from Jose. But, I mean, I can't stress the importance of, of that enough. You know, Hugo does so much for, for the club he, he does so much for the defense and he just kind of instills that kind of confidence in his back four um you know even you know he only had to make a, a couple of saves but even the saves that he made you think do you know what that that was a pretty tidy save and and he's also he seems better with his hands you know i think going back a couple of years he, he was quite quite punch happy you know you see him probably flap at balls that he, he didn't need to uh and now he just seems to have matured and and uh, he's, he's turned into, in my opinion, probably the best goalkeeper in the league. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm an absolute massive advocate of, of Hugo Lloris. But you know, on on the flip side of that, Joe Hart just doesn't seem to be up to the standard of of backup goalkeeper that we need. Um, I completely agree that he's great for the dressing room. I completely agree that he could probably play in in the odd Europa League game. But I, I feel a bit for for Gazaniga really, who who seems to be completely left out in the cold. So. If I had a preference, Gazaniga would be playing at least a couple of Europa League games just to, you know, just to just to give him a run out, and Joe Hart would be would be left being that, you know, that cheerleader kind of goalkeeping coach almost role, which which we were all excited for him to play when he first came in. Um, but yeah, that said, Hugo Lloris, uh, an absolute absolute king between the sticks, uh, and and we're we're lucky to have him. And I was I was absolutely delighted to see that he was that he was. Uh, involved on Sunday. Patrick, if I was to say simple about Pierre-Emil Hjoyberg's performance, that would do him a massive disservice. But it's no nonsense, but it's so effective, isn't it? You know, what a transformation he has made from himself in that opening weekend game against Everton, which was pretty dire, to where he is now. And that transformation that, on a personal level, has been cultivated has fed into the team on a huge level. Yeah, and I mean, after the Everton game, let's be honest, we all thought, wow, maybe he's out of his death here. Because I thought, 
geez, I, you know, I've always been a big fan of his, but after the Everton game, I, I think, I mean, the whole team was poor, weren't, weren't they? But it was highlighted badly how poor he was. But since then, I mean, he's just brilliant. He just, he just keeps things so simple, doesn't he? He reads the game really well. He's always seems to be where the ball is, sniffs the tackle, wins the ball, and then he just distributes it. He doesn't try and do anything too fancy. He just keeps it simple, you know, wins the ball back and just gives it to the, you know, to the creators or the passers and just gets on with it. But it's just his um his energy, isn't it? It's, it's infectious. You see him, you know, celebrating a tackle or a clearance or, you know, uh, or a close down. He just, yeah, he's, he's, he's almost like the mini Mourinho on the pitch. You just see him, he's like, you know, he's like the uh, moulded in the manager's, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I love watching him play, man. He's, he's yeah, he's probably my favourite player after the obvious players because of just his energy, what he brings. And he just, he, he's just such a solid professional. So, yeah, I really, really love him, um, what he's bringing to the team. Great shout. So, Cole, we spoke about Bergvine last week. What did you make of his performance? Because if you go by the numbers, it's not going to say a lot, but in terms of the system and how he carried his part out, what did you make? Yeah, this is a hard one, isn't it? Because I'd be honest with you, he's not setting the world alight at the moment, is he? And he's not filling me with confidence, you know. I mean, again, we saw at the weekend, you know, that there is a pace issue for me that, you know, everyone who seems to think he's like lightning. um, There was a couple of times at the weekend where he was easily outpaced by Tierney, even when he had the run on him. Um, So I think there is an issue there pace-wise. He's not as quick as I think a lot of people were thinking. Um, He's young, you know. I think the only hope we've got is that he might still be settling. Um, We've seen glimpses of potential. Um, he's obviously in the squad because he can do a job. And I think Jose obviously likes the fact that, you know, he's someone who's clearly prepared to work backwards. And I think the reason we're not seeing Bow in these big games is because Jose doesn't think Bow can do the dirty work um, going back and helping Aurier out, um, where obviously Bergvine is doing that. So he is doing a good job. Um Again, I think the issue with him is the the amount of quality and end product that he's bringing to the table. You know, again, we look at the Chelsea game, and yes, okay, he did okay in that game, but again, he had a, he had some good chances where he probably could have should have scored um, that might have won us the game, and that's my real worry with someone like him at the moment. Again, I, I'm I'm slightly worried that we've got more uh, two point zero on our hands, um, and that's actually not a quicker version than Mora. So I think the jury's still out. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to throw him under the bus just yet because I think there is some potential, but I do think we need to see a little bit more end product from him. But given that, it's not being funny, if he keeps doing the job that Jose wants him to do um, and we keep picking up results, then I don't see how you change the side at the moment. Exactly. That's the integral part, really, isn't it? If you're doing your bit and it feeds into the machine, then you can't really sort of say, oh, well, he's not up to scratch, he's having a bad game. Talk about not having a bad game, James. Sissoko and Aurier, that combination in the right-hand pocket, it's becoming quite integral all of a sudden. And to be honest, if either piece was missing, I don't think we'd be as secure. No, absolutely not. I mean, going back to Thursday, Matt, Matt Dota just doesn't doesn't look like he's he's really at it at the moment. Uh, maybe it's you know confidence, or maybe he just doesn't fit the system in the same way that that Aurier does. And and Sissoko, I think I think he's learnt his limitations, which has been really really important. You know, I've always spoke about how when whenever he's got the ball at his feet, you kind of see not only he panics, but so do the other ten players on the pitch, because they think, well, what is he going to do with this now? Um, I think he he yeah he, as I say he's learnt his limitations. I think when he gets the ball he, he plays it simple, 
gives it to the, to someone who who actually has the ability to pass a ball, uh, and 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 he plays to his strengths too. You know, we know how how quick and how powerful he is, and you know, I, I think he he's probably one of our most important players because of his ability to to cover the fullback and. Do you know what? I, I think we've cl- this is the first time in a very long time that we've had a very clear starting eleven. Um, I think it's taken us a while to to find out what it is, uh, but I, th- I think this is as long as we keep everyone fit, this could be a team that that does special things because because you know even even the average players that we've got in the squad are are fulfilling a role. They're they're doing something on the pitch which is integral to to winning the game. And and at the end of the day, we've we've got players who can make up for that. Hopefully, when Ndombele's back, he is good enough with his feet to make up for for someone like Sissoko. You know, if, if Sissoko can't make the pass, he can find Ndombele and he can do something with it. So, I, I, you know, I, I'm I've been I've not been a big advocate of, of either player, but the way they're performing at the moment, they're justifying their their name on the team sheet. And uh, do you know what? If if they keep playing, and hopefully, if we can keep that this same eleven fit then we can do something very special. Patrick, what did you make of Ben Davis doing a little stretch in front of Kieran Tierney for his throw-in? It's only a little thing in the grand scheme of the game, but a bit of dark arts are coming to play there, hasn't it? Exactly. And that's what, you know, when on the documentary, one of the classic Jose quotes was, you know, we need to be intelligent. See you next Tuesdays. And it's just something like that. It's it's that dark side that we didn't really have on the potch. We kind of were like nice guys. We wanted to play you off the pitch, you know, almost like gentlemanish. But now you see that, yeah, just that little dark side coming out. And I love it. You know, Hoiberg's got a bit of it. Obviously, Lamella's always had that bite to him. Um, Lacelso has that edge to him as well. And you'll see another guys pick it up. It's just things like that. It might not be a massive thing, you know, um, at the time, but bit by bit, it starts to build into what we're trying to do. And if it's a siege mentality as against the world, then let's do that. So, yeah, I, I love that. I love seeing it because we all knew what he was doing, but it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't big enough to, to cause a big reaction or scene. But, yeah, we all knew what, what, what his intentions were. Carl, I think we also need to give a huge nod to the 2,000 in attendance yesterday. They were certainly in fine voice, weren't they? Yeah, they, they they did it proud, didn't they, to be honest? Because, as you say, from the very first minute, you know, you could hear them very clearly, very loud. Um, they seemed to kind of sing and, and generate a bit of, an, you know, as much atmosphere as they could for the whole 90 minutes. Um so, yeah, you, you couldn't have asked for any more from them. I mean, I think it was the perfect fixture to get um, the first 2,000 back in, you know, because everyone goes to that game pumped up, ready to kind of sing their heart out and get behind the side. Um, so we just have to hope that, you know, each 2,000 that gets selected and go each week um, can, can do exactly the same. Whether or not, you know, and this might ruffle a few, whether or not we get to see some of those same faces back in those 2000, I think that will be Twitter's meltdown um, over the next coming few weeks. Because if a few of those faces get tickets again or say they're up and running, then I think there'll be a few people who uh, kind of explode. But they really did themselves proud. Um, and I think that was a nice little boost in the perfect game for us. Well, that was going to be the next point for James, because obviously there's been a bit of a furore around the ballot. Now, I haven't got a season ticket. I live in Newcastle, so I haven't got a horse in this race. I don't really care all that much. But there has been an element of sour grapes in all of this. As Cole suggests, 
it's fine they go to Arsenal if it's a coincidence or whatever it is, then really not a problem. But if they keep getting the same tickets, you know, further on in the season, you're going to think, hang on, what is going on here? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a hundred percent not buying into the to the whole. You know, the, the people with the most Twitter followers are getting the getting the tickets because, first of all, it's just not true. You know, it's 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 a law of averages that a couple of the the big so-called accounts are going to get tickets that that we always you know it's 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 mathematical it's mathematical that that's going to happen a lot of the big accounts also missed out on tickets so you know how do you work that one out quite rightly you say if if we start seeing yeah the same faces going to the game over and over again then that's where questions are going to be asked and questions will be asked because there's a lot of people who want to see their club play so I, I don't think the club have got the audacity to do it. I, I also don't think they have done it at all just because I've, I've seen no evidence of it. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's something that's going to get people emotional because we've had a long time without football. Some people have, have, have been cooped up for a long time and, and this, you know, football was their only outlet. So they're going to be emotional about not getting tickets to games, especially a game as big as the North London derby. So it was always going to bring out the emotions. Um, but for me, I think I, I think we just need to sit back and, and see how it all pans out. Um, you know, there's going to be a few individuals who, who maybe don't get a ticket for a, for a while, and, and you know we're gonna we're gonna see them piping up. Uh, and I, I I do really really hope that we don't see any evidence of of people getting more than one ticket, or you know Spurs giving out tickets to to big names or or, or so and so. But I, I I personally don't think that it, it's a thing that needs discussing and and. You know, if if you're lucky enough to get a ticket, then make sure you you justify that by you know singing loud, singing proud on behalf of the the people who can't be there. Yeah, that's all we ask. If you get one, then great. I mean, I don't care who goes. Just lend your voice. Do what happened yesterday, and the club will hopefully benefit. And of course, Patrick, if you use two thousand as the opening gambit in terms of numbers, you'd like to think that the world will sort itself out within the next few months. That number should get bigger, and with more support, hopefully, even better things around the corner. Exactly that, and um, you know, when people do get their chance, yeah, like um, like we were saying, you know, be loud and proud, uh, cheer your team on. It was, sorry, it was James saying it, wasn't it? Be loud and proud, cheer your team on, and just enjoy the moment, relish it, enjoy it. Because sometimes, you know, as fans, we take it for granted, don't yeah, we? You go absolutely. every week, you know, we we grumble even. Oh man, I've got to do this or that today, and you know, away games, you grumble about it. But now you're going to really enjoy and savor it, seeing live football and. Ideally, if we're top of the league or there or thereabouts, it's even it's even a, a, something to be even prouder about. So, yeah, I don't yeah I don't buy into this whole only the you know super super fans or whichever are getting tickets. I do believe it is just a random uh, raffle, and hopefully everyone will get their chance to enjoy enjoy us playing some good football and winning some good games. Well, like you say, I mean the amount of internal struggle I've had in the past, thinking oh god, I've got to go to Burnley at home tonight on a midweek. I'd bite your arm off if someone offered that to me now. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it's where we are. So, again, if you are going, absolutely happy for you. Go, enjoy it, just help the team. That's all you can ask. We could have done with that noise on Thursday, Carl. We best referenced the uh, Europa League very quickly. We've qualified for the round of 32, but we're making it a lot harder than it needed to be. Yeah, Thursday wasn't pretty, was it? You know, and I think, you know, 
I think as James said earlier, I think we've we're starting to see a few players who might just be seeing out their final their final days in a Spurs shirt. Obviously, Joe Hart is a worry, isn't it? Because you know you do sort of think if Hart's in goal, my my option as a striker is just listen, shoot on sight because you know old chocolate wrists over there might not uh, <laughs> might not be able to keep this out. Um, so that 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 was a slight worry. Sanchez is a slight worry. And then you've got some fringe players who you kind of look at and think they're not kind of trying to grab their chance they get to impress by the scruff of the neck um, and doing what they should be doing. We saw Doherty, didn't we, who kind of didn't again excel and kind of, you know, makes you go, oh, God, you know, uh, he needs to kind of really step it up from here. But at the same time, we knew, wasn't it, this group stage it was going to be ugly. It wasn't going to be pretty. And the main priority was just to get the job done and get through to the, to the next round. Um, and I'm sure, you know, once we start getting deeper into this tournament and they just become two-legged affairs, we'll probably see slightly stronger sides. Um, and then, you know, hopefully we'll see some better football. But it was ugly. It wasn't nice. We got the job done. And, and you know, thankfully we did because we were fortunate on the night, to be honest. James, is it fair to say that nobody in our Europa League pool of players is knocking on the door for Premier League football? Is there a lack of trust from Mourinho to his Thursday gang? Uh, I think I think there's a school of thought that, that our Premier League gang are, are playing so well that, that that you know they won't allow their door to be knocked on. But also the the, the, the Thursday night guys are just are just really not cutting it. And and I think it's it's not just just the fact that we're not hammering these teams. I think it's the fact that these guys don't seem to be putting in the effort that you'd expect to see for a player knocking on the door of the starting eleven. You know, you'd you'd expect to see these these guys going out and busting a gut and and really trying to prove to the manager that they they don't deserve to be starting in Albania on a Thursday night. They want to be they want to be part of a Premier League squad, um, and and we're just not seeing that at the moment. You know, at, at the end of the day, though, what. I know we talk about players putting effort in, but it does come down to the quality of the player. And I think at the moment, none, none of them are really showing that quality. So you're right. It's, there's, there isn't anyone who's really knocking on the door. I think Lucas Moura and, and Bergwijn could, could maybe be a straight swap, but Bergwijn is, is, is busting a gut in his, in his brand new role in the Premier League. And, and, and Lucas isn't really cutting it in the Europa League. So there's, there's no argument there. Um, you know, Harry Winks again has, hasn't really been performing in, in the Europa League, so he and, he and he just doesn't play the same role as Sissoko. So you can't really see them swapping places. Um, I, th- I think it, it is twofold. The, the guys, the guys are playing so well that you wouldn't really want to see any changes, and also no one is, is is really pulling up any trees and and showing that they're deserving of, of that shirt on a Saturday. Patrick, we're second in the group at the moment. We could do with winning it, to be honest, because if you've got Real Madrid and PSG potentially lurking in the shadows, the last thing you want to do is be an unseeded team in the round of 32 draw and get one of those. Exactly that. So you want to win the game. I think it's a straight shootout, isn't it? Yeah, whoever pretty wins much. This, this, yeah, whoever wins this game goes top. I'll be really, really peed off if we don't end up winning the group because it should have been wrapped up a long time ago, to be fair. But yeah, a, sh- a straight shootout win the group because like you said there will be some strong teams there always there always are that some of the third place teams in the Champions League are good teams so you know as soon as, at some point we will have to play them but you don't want to play them straight away do you so um yeah win the group win it comfortably well so win our last game comfortably and then we can put that to bed because yeah the Thursday performances haven't been that great 
uh, like like we've been saying, the Winxes, the Lucas Moras, um, yeah, Doherty as well, which I'm quite surprised that I thought Doherty would be our you know starting right back to be honest. But um, yeah, I, we just need to see more from these guys. Well, the thing is, had we wrapped it up properly by now, and I say properly by winning all five, we could have had the luxury of resting everyone on Thursday, played a real fringe team, be fresh for Palace. We're not, you know, we're going to have to rely on the, the Thursday pool and some of those might have to play Sunday as well. So we're not quite in that sort of feet up position just yet, but we do need to quickly get to Sunday and we might as well just go straight to the predictions because we're running out of time. So, Patrick, it's Palace away. What have you got for me? 3-0. Oh, he's gone very big. I like it. James, <laughs> what have you got for me, mate? Uh, I'm going to go 1-0 Spurs. OK, Carl, what are you saying? Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 uh, for this, this weekend. OK, I've, I was going to go 2-1, but that's fine. I'll go 2-0. I reckon another clean sheet, but it looks like wins across the board. Cole, very quickly, I know you've been a big fan of Eze. Is he really the man to watch and not Zahar? No, I think both of them are the, are the men to watch this weekend. You know, I think Zahar obviously can always turn it on, but I've been really impressed this season so far with Eze. I know we were linked with him, um, and I have to be honest, from what I've seen, it does look like that was a player we probably should have taken a punt on um, and got in the squad, even if we loaned him out, because he does look a threat. So, yeah, he will be a player that we'll have to keep a close eye on, but I'm sure Jose's got some plans up his sleeve for, for those two, definitely. Fantastic. Right, I just need to do the admin, which is as simple as thanking my three great guests this evening. So, Patrick, thanks for your return to action and bring in that energy. That's it. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure having me on here. And you can check me out on Views TV Official. That's my podcast where I bring that energy every every week. Thank you. Top man. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks to James for patrolling the middle of the park tonight. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for, uh, again for having me back. No problem. And, Cole, as always, thanks for running the channels this evening. No worries, pleasure, and always good to have one of these after a North London derby win. Oh, they're the best ones, aren't they? They really are. Right, <laughs> with, with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy, and as always, come on you Spurs! For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.